The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Councillor Harwood is on the line now. Councillor, thanks for being on the program this morning. Uh, good morning, Mitchell. How good. are you? Yeah, good. It's like uh, old times having you on the <laughs> program again uh, when you used to come on very regularly as the mayor. Um, yeah, look, it's always been a pleasure to engage with the Pulse and I listen to it on quite a regular basis. So, yeah, um, happy to have, have a chat. Well, what's life like after being the mayor and how do you go just as a, a Cadinia Ward Council? Still a very important job, but obviously the mayor is far more involved and it's a very uh, demanding position with all the things that you have to do and attend. Um, yeah, look, the, the mayor role—you um, realize—is is an important role, and um, but at the end of the day, you're still, you know, one of eleven representing the community and uh, doing what you think is, is, the, is the right thing with the uh, resources you've got. So, um, as, as the spokesperson, obviously, very important that the message, um, you know, is, is one of uh, uh, what the city is looking to achieve. So, yeah, look, I've, I've enjoyed. Um, sort of stepping back and um, yeah it's, it's it's always good to uh, be able to get out in the community and, and listen to them and see what we, what we can achieve. I've really enjoyed the opportunity to speak to a number of different ward councillors every couple of weeks to get the sense from each councillor about what are their priorities for this particular term and what do they want to achieve particularly for their area so for you what are you hoping to achieve this term and I suppose how is it all going? Um Look, Geelong's going very well, obviously. Um, the demand for uh, people who want to come down and live and uh, enjoy our region has never been higher, and that will continue for some time. So I guess I, I see um, uh, the greatest pressure is on keeping up the infrastructure that we require, and that is, you know, good roads, um, good community assets uh, for the community to enjoy. Um, but I've always, always said this for some time that... Um, Geelong must remain a relatively seamless place to get around him. Um, I go to Melbourne quite often when I'm fighting Melbourne. It's not what Melbourne used to be. I find it very difficult to get around. And I would hate to see Geelong get itself into that position where we, we gridlock some suburbs and we're not able to take the kids to school in a seamless manner, not able to visit our family and friends in a relatively seamless manner, or, or you know, ride our bikes and recreate in our area. Um, in a relatively seamless manner. So they're very important issues, I think, about um, how we protect our environment to enjoy it uh, to its maximum. From some of the conversations we've had over the past few months on the program with different people, it seems that transportation certainly run through a lot of them. Uh, it would seem that if you're a voter and you can get from where you are to where you need to be quickly, that's a good thing. And uh, there's been a number of different issues that have come up, which is, of course, the Bowen Heads Road duplication, whether we have more bike lanes and the CBD, all those sorts of questions. So transportation must be top of many people's minds across the region. Oh, absolutely, Mitchell. I mean, if we can't move around our own community, as I say, in a relatively seamless manner, then um, we're not going to. We'll, we'll just um, basically uh, stop moving around and stop engaging. Um, and I, and I, I have said this uh, for some time, uh, particularly when I was the mayor, about our, our current connection to Melbourne with our rail. Um, it's incredibly poor. We still run at about 140% capacity, so obviously we're way over capacity. And... Uh, I'm yet to see anything on the horizon that um, is going to address and solve that particular issue. So as one 
one um, one example and other examples as you touched on the, the Bowen's Road duplication is great but it's only to a certain distance it's not actually duplicated down to Bowen Heads um, we need to look at that uh, our traffic issues uh, which have not been addressed for our east-west traffic of Rory Street in the city mm. so that we still have trucks going through the city which is a major problem we have not solved um, so there are a number of things that um, while there's been strong advocate or advocacy from the city um, we get to get the cut through that we need to to solve these problems for the community. And you talk about Melbourne. While that has been busy, it's not quite at the pre-pandemic 2019 levels. And I think that's probably one thing for the, the CBD that works in its favour is the levels of congestion aren't quite where they would be at a peak normal period. And that's, of course, brought up a whole discussion about bringing the CBD back to life and getting workers back into the CBD, trying to support local business. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. How do we really breathe new life into the CBD? Because on one hand, if you bring more people in, it's going to be more Congested, but on the other hand, it then brings about more economic benefits. Uh, yes, to a point. I mean, um, the heart of the cities, you know, the CBDs of the cities, they they have to be they have to be busy. They have to be vibrant. Um, Melbourne, when it's um, when it's humming along and there's high activity in the, in the CBD in and around with the, the sporting precincts and the, and the, and the uh, arts and culture precincts, and Melbourne is one of the greatest places uh, in the world to, to be. Be engaged in um, Geelong uh, when it's when it's thriving in the CBD and the and the, and the nightlife is going and the, and people are enjoying themselves and we're, we're getting people living in and around the, the CBD area. Um, that's our goal. That's what we're really after. And um, I don't see it as congestion. I see it as best use of a, of a CBD area where you have the most, I guess, activity of of the um, you know. The, Clubs, restaurants, um, theatres, etc. So, I want to see the Geelong CBD as busy as we can possibly get it, and as active and as lively as we can possibly get it. And I want to see that with um, uh, inner city living. Um, and again, I know COVID has has a has had an impact on a whole range of areas, um, but I, I'd love to see our CBD being a thriving, busy. Um, centre with lots of people moving around and lots of people enjoying it. A lot of talk in the paper over the last couple of days about council workers and whether they'll be coming back to the office or continuing to work flexibly from home. Do you think flexible work is the future and that's something we're going to have to overcome is how to generate economic activity in the CBD, whether it's Melbourne or Geelong, without council workers and other workers being there seven or five days a week? Uh, look, for what it's worth, because I think flexible working hours started way back in the 80s. Um, when we started Saturday morning trading and, and the world started to change then, um, we just see what, what COVID started to accentuate um, uh, the ability to uh, work off-site or work remotely as such, which is fine. You've seen the, 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 the massive uptake of um, Zoom meetings and team meetings, etc., which is all, which all have their place. But um, I think there's still great value in having people in the office, in and around their environment, the productivity levels for some would be much higher. The engagement, I think, and the enjoyment for some people to come to work would be much higher, being engaged with their work colleagues and being able to um, you know, have, have that sort of strong work environment where uh, communication um, is at its peak. And I think that that, that I support uh, quite strongly. I would love to see um, you know, the, the workforce return to the CBD and, and help to bring that uh, back to life or back to a stronger position. 
And I see the council's uh, ratified a support and recovery package continuing to support um, the people affected by COVID. I see one of the items is this right free CBD parking in two-hour zones in December. And I know that maybe you haven't been the biggest fan of free CBD parking over the years, but uh, your thoughts on that? Um, I'll be I'll be the first one to put my hand up for free um, on-street parking in the CBD when I see the, the evidence-based benefits of it. And to date, we've not seen that. But um, at this point, it's uh, it's it's in the budget and uh, will be free on-street parking for the two-hour metered zones for the month of December. And the actual support and recovery package, what are some of the things that that addresses? And I suppose, who is it that actually needs the most support, the people that deal with council? Is it the, the business owners that pay rates in the city? Um, well, it's it's a, it's a whole range of, uh, of people, whether it's business or... Um, trying to go about their daily business. Um, there's a lot of different uh, community groups have been affected. Uh, businesses obviously impacted. Um, so it's, it's a very broad package that we're looking to make available um, and trying to touch as much of the community as we can. Now, the two new dog parks, talk to us about that and also standards of responsible pet ownership that the council is trying to encourage. Uh, okay, well, the um, the dog park in Belmont was such a huge success uh, so quickly, we had to actually close it to repair it. Uh, but we've since overcome that, and um, it's look, it's hugely um, loved and enjoyed. Uh, we've got a new dog park out in the north, uh, Stead Parkway, and they're they proven to be hugely popular. Um, but we also have um, uh, some issues with animals. I think particularly um, there's a lot of discussion about uh, a potential cat curfew with um, cats being out at night and some of the issues that m- that might might create. And I guess there's always the uh, perennial discussion of um, dog-free beaches in around our, our bay and our beach areas where we've been having these discussions for, for many years, Mitchell, and we, we yet to find the, the perfect recipe. But um, at the end of the day, Everybody's responsible for their pet. If they take that responsibility on board and make sure their pet is not a danger or hindrance or threat to anyone else and it's the, the pet is in the right place at the right time, it shouldn't be an issue. But unfortunately, uh, that's not always the case. And these do seem to be issues that are constantly debated. I know the Ocean Grove dogs on the beach issue is a big one and I also see Surf Coast Shire is grappling with the cat curfew issue as well. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on the cat curfew but I've got a feeling it might be supported by people like me that don't have cats um, that also are concerned about what happens to the wildlife when the cats are running around at night Look I'll, I'll be the first to put my hand up I'm not, not a great cat lover, I do have family members who have a cat and the cat does come to our house on occasions and it's, it's a beautiful cat um, but should they be out after dark I'm not an animal expert but the evidence is telling us they are a nuisance, not all, I would suggest, but certainly some are and they're causing considerable damage to uh, to parts of or other animals and uh, et cetera. So it's it's an issue. Now, the perfect answer is, um, you know, as I say, we have to take responsible for our pets. We've been responsible for our pets, but um, uh, it's, it's a tough one. Uh, when you start talking about the, the, the things that people love and pets is, is right up there. So yes. it's, a very, it's a very, very very sensitive discussion. And the um, Ocean Grove main beach dogs issue, I see that the council has received some public feedback about that. Um, what did the feedback suggest that the council do and are you following it? Uh, well, Mitchell, we've received public feedback about dogs at Ocean Grove on a daily basis. Mm. And sometimes during um, you know, peak times, it's hourly uh, when complaints and uh, 
uh, information and feedback comes in. Look, um, they're, they're trying to make this a space dog free, a space dog free area for trials for the second year. Um, it's for one year of the trial, dogs are allowed on leash in May to November. Um, this year, they're, prohib- they're prohibited for the remainder of the year. It's, it's best to go to our council website to get this information um, in a much more clear and succinct manner. But quite simply, we're trying to work out what is the best way that the dog owners can enjoy the beach, those who aren't dog lovers can enjoy the beach and share the beach um, at, at, at all times. So there is a dog area free um, stretch of beaches that over 800 metres between 13W and 15W beach access access stairs. I must admit, I, I'm suggesting that's sort of between rafts and the, um, the surf club area somewhere. But again, best to go online, look at the maps and work out exactly where dogs uh, should and shouldn't be and at what particular periods of time. And finally, the Tourism Greater Geelong and the Ballerine Annual Report has been seen by the Council and it reflects on the year that was and it suggests that visitor numbers are down, probably because of the lockdowns, but it also talked about some of the efforts and the campaigns. I saw there was one involving Zach Tui from the Cats to try and showcase some of the things we have to offer here to try and incentivise people to come down. And you may hope that with the weather like it is today, heading up to the 30s a bit later on and beautiful sunshine, that people will want to come down and support the region. Oh, absolutely, Mitchell, and um, yeah, many thanks to Zach and um, with his um, thick Irish accent helping us out. Um, it, it, look, Geelong sells itself on days like today. Mitchell, you look around, you, you wander down to the, to the bay and the, the bay shimmers on days mm-hmm. like today. It's just beautiful. You go down to the, to the surf coast beach areas, Ocean Grove, Bowen Heads, it is magnificent. If you take a short drive up into the uh, National Lotway Forest, um, it is absolutely spectacular. We sit right in the middle. Um, Geelong is not a hard sell to come down to and enjoy um, any time, but particularly days like today, it's a no-brainer to come down and, and just enjoy yourself and relax. Well, thanks for being on the program. It's been great to catch up with you once again, and I'm sure we'll be talking at some point in the future, so really appreciate it. Thanks, Mitchell. Thank you. Councillor Bruce Harwood with us there, Cadinia Ward Councillor, former Mayor and former Deputy Mayor of the City of Greater Geelong. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or wherever you get your podcasts.